You're listening to the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast, where we help you attract new patients and grow your practice beyond your wildest dreams. Here's your host, two-time Emmy Award winner, Shane Simmons. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. I am your host, Shane Simmons. I am the uh, not only the host of the podcast, but the founder and CEO of Crimson Media Dental Marketing, where we help dentists build freedom in their practice through proven online marketing. And uh, if you're listening to this as you know the podcast comes out or relatively uh, soon after the podcast comes out, uh, you'll know that it is this uh, coronavirus time. And here in the United States, of course, we are um, most of our dental offices, I believe at this point, are uh, closed and uh, just accepting emergency patients. So really a rough time uh, for the country in general right now. Obviously, you know, uh, thoughts go out to those impacted by this and and the deaths, and and it's just been a terrible uh, situation. But, you know, we're trying to turn this into as much of a positive as possible. And so one of the things that we've really known um, the last few weeks is that the dental community and, and other communities out there are really starting to, I guess you would say, um, come together. They're really coming together. And that's really awesome to see uh, as, you know, someone in this industry. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're going to get back to putting out some content here because we know that everybody's wanting to learn new things. Um, you know, take the time to invest in themselves right now, uh, because they have the time, quite frankly, uh, when usually it may be a little harder to squeeze that in. So today we are going to be talking about something that uh, we've talked about a little bit in the past and we'll continue to talk about it because it's something that people ask me uh, to get insight on, and that is building a dental implant practice. And today my guest is a friend and client of ours um, and a great guy and has built uh, successful implant practices. His name is Dr. Michael Maroon, and Dr. Maroon is a dentist and uh, just an awesome guy up there in uh, Berlin, Connecticut, also uh, Cromwell, uh, Connecticut as well. He's got two offices up there. And one of the things that, you know, after working with Dr. Maroon and really getting to know him, uh, and, and we're both uh, Smile Source members, so shout out Smile Source, is he has built a great team around him. He's built a really great team, and uh, I've noticed that. You know, I've noticed that um, working with them, and obviously other people notice that, patients notice that, and that that really has an effect on what you're building in your practice. The whole team has to buy in. That is very important. And so I decided what better time than to invite Dr. Maroon onto the podcast, have him share some insight for you about building your implant practice, building your team, um, who's all bought in on that. And then also how you should handle the whole consultation kind of from start to finish. And we go into that and he shares some really great insights and gets really in depth on that as well. So I'm really excited that you're going to get to, uh, listen to his interview. Very, very insightful and a lot of action tips in here as well. So it's maybe one of those podcasts you listen to it all the way through the first time, and then maybe you go back and take some notes the second time around. So uh, before we get to the interview, uh, don't forget, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Nothing But The Tooth 
podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. And you can feel free to always reach out to us on uh, crimsonmediagroup.com on our website. You can uh, contact us there. And if there's a certain topic that you want us to discuss uh, or a certain guest that you want us to bring on, let us know and we'll try to make it happen for you guys. So without further ado, here is our interview with Dr. Michael Maroon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a friend of mine, Dr. Michael Maroon on the podcast, joining us from his home in uh, beautiful Connecticut. And uh, Dr. Maroon is the uh, owner of Advanced Dental, has an office in Berlin in Cromwell, and uh, is an awesome, awesome guy and also a, a fellow Smile Source uh, member. So we always uh, get along uh, with that. But Dr. Maroon, how you doing today, and 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 how you holding up during uh, this craziness? Doing good, Shane. Uh, doing good, remaining positive, and looking forward to getting back to work. I got a month a month vacation for free, basically, so I'm going to try and enjoy that, and then we'll hopefully we'll all get back to work and and get cranking once again. Absolutely, and. And for those of you um, who may not be familiar with Dr. Maroon, uh, he's built uh, some really great practices, but he, he's put a heavy focus on implant dentistry. And I know that, you know, there's obviously always a lot of interest in implant dentistry, just the nature of the cases. I know they're a lot of fun for a lot of people, but also just kind of the results um, that, that come of that. So we're going to be talking about that with him today and how he's been able to build up a, a really successful implant dental practice. But before we do that, um, you know, as all you listeners probably know, uh, I'm you know based out of Indiana and in Indianapolis. Dr. Maroon, obviously a New England guy, so it wouldn't be you know fair if I didn't ask him about the Tom Brady and his thoughts on that and the fact that what would he have done if Tom Brady would have became a Colt? <laughs> uh, you know, at this point, I think we got uh, Tom Brady has done enough for New England that no matter what he did, even if he went to the Jets, I think we would have been okay with it. So, uh, you know, we got six championships, nine Super Bowls out of them. It was, it's been a fantastic run, and uh, I wish him all the best, you know. And I know that, um, you know, if we kind of wish that things could continue to go on forever and just keep eating the crap out of everybody's teams like you guys, but uh, <laughs> it's not reality, and someone else is going to come to the top. Um, and it, it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, how, how Bill Belichick develops a new team around a new quarterback. And that, I think that's a good lead into what we're going to talk about as far as teams are concerned, because when you're developing an implant practice, you need to have a, a very good team around you and the pieces all kind of need to fit together so that even if there is a disruption where one of your star players moves on to another team, that you could bring somebody right into the system and get them up to speed quickly. So I think that's, that's for me, that's going to be interesting to see as far as the Patriots are concerned. Um, but that's what we're trying to develop in our own implant practice as well. Yeah, you, you led right into that perfectly. Um, let's talk about that for a second because you know, I, I talked to a, a lot of uh, dentists who are wanting to, to build that type of practice, build an implant-based practice, or at least just start doing more implants. And you know, they always you know, talk about the, the CE courses that they're going to be taking and um, you're getting the, the equipment in the office, the CBCT, and all of these things. But I think one of the things that maybe uh, from my experience that I hear is they don't talk enough about making sure that they got the proper team and that everyone is bought into it because it's a different, it's a different ball game to an extent. Can you talk a little bit about with the practices that you've built, how important has the team been and, and what are some of the characteristics or traits that you look for 
and, and a team member that's going to be, you know, help you be successful uh, when it comes to building an implant uh, based practice. Well, I mean, I think you've, all, you've always heard the saying it's, you can, uh, personality is not teachable. It's, uh, that's something that somebody comes to you with. Everything else can be taught. So, you know, some of the things that I look for when I'm hiring a team member is what is their personality? Are they, you know, are they personable? Do they seem like a people person? Can they uh, have a conversation with somebody, whether it's about implants or any other procedure or just about life in general? So I, I tend to move in the direction where people have the gift of gab and they have a outgoing spirit and they're more personable. And then the rest of the stuff, we, we try to teach them and coach them up to. Um, as far as what you were saying, how can you develop your team? Most of you have those people on your team already. And if you, um, the, the most important thing I think would be to engage your team before you start the, the courses and then tell them where you want the practice to go, where, where you see the vision of the practice to be and uh, invite them to come along on the journey. And obviously if the team member is excited about that, to bring them to some of the courses with you so that they can get the same background and the training and you can have discussions about how you're going to implement it into your practice. I mean, that's pretty much what I did for the most part is I brought my key team members along with me to these training programs just so they could see, okay, here are the results. Here's why I'm moving in that direction. Here's what my vision of the practice, our practice is going to be like. And then we can start implementing it. And it kind of eliminates a lot of the, the, the questions uh, that would normally come up if you just went to a course by yourself. And then you come back, you try and implement it. And the, and the staff is like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. So... Um, if you could bring your team with you, have them get the same training. And then, um, you know, my other advice would be start off slow. Do things that are basically slam dunks in implants. You know, premolars, uh, regen, thick ridges, plenty of bone height. You know, try, don't try and be a hero on a huge infected molar site and do an extraction of a molar and try and do an immediate implant with a temporary crown or anything like that right away. Work your way up to that. Have little successes along the way. Get your feet wet wet with implants. I, uh, you, you have to kind of get a feel for the different qualities of the bone and the density of the bone. And there are diff different densities in the lower jaw and in the upper jaw. And so I think some of that comes with experience. Uh, so you know, don't don't try and rush yourself into becoming a you know um, a full arch implant practice because that's not the right way to do it. If you have if you have no experience, start off start off slow. Get your feet wet have successes. If you have somebody in your practice uh, or, or your team that requires an implant, maybe consider doing something on them. Or if they have family members that uh, need some type of implant dentistry, consider using a family member as a marketing person. Give, maybe give them a, a discounted rate and then you know, let them allow, allow you to use their photographs for marketing purposes. So that's kind of what, what I did in, in my practice. And it worked out well because the team could have uh, we've had some team members who have implants that I've placed on them. So now they become a, a living testimonial in the practice as to, you know, I had it done, didn't hurt here. Here's what they look like. They look like real teeth. And so, you know, that takes a lot of the patient fears away. Uh, when I started doing full arch dentistry, I had a couple of people who had uh, parents who needed full arches and we gave them a, a significantly discounted rate. And now we have their photos and their testimonials and it just, it just makes a life a lot easier for you. Yeah, and, and I think that's a, a good um, insight is, you know, don't be afraid to discount at first when you're starting out, because like you said, 
you need uh, those stories, those testimonials, those images to help uh, attract those, those type of cases that you want in the future. Um, when, when you talk about, you know, really kind of getting your feet wet and, and starting out and not trying to do too much too soon, which nobody really wants to uh, overwhelm themselves right away. Is, is there a certain like number of cases that you recommend doing before kind of taking that next step or certain timeline? I mean, I'm sure everybody's a little bit different on their comfort levels, but maybe, you know, Dr. Moon, for, for you and, and maybe some of what you've seen before, what was kind of that, that sweet spot? Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to agree with you that everyone is different. I think some people, you know, they could watch a, they could, uh, watch a video and then, you know, be able to monkey see, monkey do kind of thing and not have a problem with it. And then other people need to almost have their hand held uh, just so that they feel more comfortable and not uh, messing things up. So I think a lot of that is going to be individual based. Uh, for me, I'm one of those other guys who like, if I, you know, if you could show me something, I could probably uh, repeat it. I'm a monkey see monkey do kind of person. So, and I'm also someone who uh, understands that the human body has the, an, an intense capacity to heal. And so um, if I do mess up, as long as I'm not cutting an artery or something crazy like that, uh, you know, most of, most of any screw up that I could possibly do is going to heal. Yeah. So, and I think some of that, some of that comfort level comes with experience as well. You know, I think the younger you are, uh, it may take you a little bit longer to grasp some of the concepts. And maybe if you've been in dentistry long enough to see other things, then I think you may be more comfortable. You know, it's funny because you're talking about uh, the marketing aspect of it uh, and discounting. I don't look at it as a discount. I look at it as another part of my marketing campaign. You know, so if I'm going to reduce a fee for a, a person to, and I'm going to be able to use their photographs and marketing pieces, to me, that's a marketing expense, not a discounted fee. So, and, I, and I've done the same thing when I started with aesthetic dentistry as well. So we look at veneers, you look at orthodontics, you look at um, uh, sleep appliances, you know, anything that you want to introduce in your practice and try and get your feet wet, wet with, if you're going to, if you want to, to get better at it, you need to be able to do it. And the easiest way to do it is to offer somebody an incentive to get it done. And that incentive then becomes a marketing expense. So, and that's how I think about it. I mean, other people may think about it differently. Oh, I'm just kind of my fees. I don't want to do that. For me, I want to be able to get as many live experiences for myself that I possibly can uh, in my own practice because that helps overcome that hurdle that you were talking about, the comfort level. Yeah, that, that's a great way to put that, actually. And um, I think if more people start thinking about that, you know, is this case that, you know, maybe we're going to, you know, take a little bit off for this case, but how many more cases could that potentially bring me in the future uh, when we get to use this testimonial or this case? So I think that's, that's great. Uh, another thing, kind of going back to the team aspect is I know, you know, I, I work with Dr. Maroon and, and I've gotten accustomed to his team who kind of handles uh, a lot of the implant side of it. Do you, like when you get to a certain point, do you uh, have specific go to, you know, team members for everything implants? Do you spread that out across, you know, a number of people on the team? How should people handle that? Because that's one question I do get is, do I need to have kind of a dedicated, you know, go-to person to handle the case presentation, the follow-up? What's that look like in your office? Okay, uh, a very good question. I have uh, six front office team members and I want them all to be cross-trained, you know, just in case somebody's either on vacation or or uh, for whatever reason is not around. Uh, that being said, I have different people who are um, 
who are specific go-to people for different procedures. So we have, you know, I have at least two people who are my go-to people for implant dentistry and implant consults. I have another couple of people who are my go-to for sleep appliances. Another person who's uh, my go-to for hygiene, periotherapy, and orthodontics. So, you know, I, I want them all to be cross-trained and to be able to jump into any situation. You know, going back to the football uh, analogy, you know, we're talking about like the New England Patriots, you know, uh, Bill Belichick has uh, people who are specific toward to their uh, role and, you know, their tagline is do your job. But he'll also, if somebody gets injured, you have to be able to step up. And so it's kind of like the next player up type of thing. So it's, I think the same thing holds true in practice. You want people to be cross-trained, but at the same time, you want uh, other people to be able to step up if need be. That being said, so when we're doing our marketing campaigns with you, if people are coming in uh, for, or people are contacting us for implants, the person who gets the message first will reach out to that person. And if it's not the specific people who we have identified to present implant dentistry, they will let them know. Like, you know, say for example, someone's there and say, uh, Jen is the person that they're supposed to talk to. So the person reaching out will say, Shane, thanks for contacting our office. We're, you're called the right place. We're looking forward to working with you. Jen is the person who, who works with all of our implant clients. You're going to love her. She's not in today, but I made a note and I put, uh, made it high priority that she gets in touch with you first thing when she gets in. Is this the best number or the best way to contact you? So we're making that initial con contact right away because I don't want people to continue to shop around. But at the same time, we're letting them know that they're a priority and the person who's going to handle it will give them, uh, will get in contact with them as soon as possible. I hope that makes sense. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's basically being prepared because your, your go-to, uh, you know, your, you know, let's speak a few years back, your Tom Brady, you know, isn't always right. going to be able to be in the game. You know, every single game things happen. So you got to have that, uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo, that Jacoby yeah. Brissett be able to step <laughs> in a little bit for all my sports fans. You guys are going to love yeah. this episode, but, but no, it's seriously having that the team member, at least be capable of knowing the system, the protocol, uh, to make sure that that patient knows that they're going to be taken care of. They're going to be super uh, high priority and that you're going to get the best person uh, on the phone with them right when you know, they're back in the office. It's kind yeah, of and most of my team members understand that if we have a marketing lead that comes in, the most important time to contact them is as soon as possible. It's not like, oh, let's wait. It's, oh, it happened on the weekend. Let's wait till Monday. Because by Monday, they may be gone. You know, and you, and if you just think about yourself, like if your TV breaks down or you have a, a fan that needs uh, something or you need a part for, you know, something outside with your pool, you start typing online and you kind of find the first thing that's available. If it's not available, you go into the next thing, you know, so I don't want people to, to I want to make sure that people stop shopping when they're, when they find us for implant dentistry and they don't continue down the road without us contacting them. Absolutely. And that's super important for everybody listening, echoing uh, Dr. Maroon is, you know, we live in a society where we want things now when we call, you know, someplace where we're wanting an answer. And if we don't get it, we're going to call the next place because it's too easy to find other businesses. And so, uh, you know, being able to follow up immediately, that, that's some customer service too, that I think patients appreciate as well, not having to to wait very long or being able to feel like someone's going to be getting them taken care of right away. So uh, very important, especially when you're doing any form of, of marketing in general. Um, one thing I, I kind of want to piggyback into is you know, with, with case presentation. And I think this is where people that I talk to get the, the most uh, you know, hung up on is because it's how do, how do I present this case 
to this person in a way that they understand, they're, they're comfortable with, and that there's not too much, uh, as I like to call it, dentistry jargon, yes. right? Yeah. And so, Dr. Maroon, if you could, how do you, you know, in your case presentation, is there a particular way that you learned or, or how is it that you're able to break this down to a patient to where they truly you know, understand it? For example, you know, my friend, a mutual friend of ours, Dr. Adam Kimowitz, um, I know, you know he kind of has a, a little presentation that, that he goes through based on you know, uh, different cases he's done. What's kind of your, uh, what's the secret sauce there that you're going to let us in on? Okay, so I mean, uh, everybody who comes into our office, we start by taking uh, uh, CBCT and uh, a series of 18 to 20 photographs of their mouth. So extra oral and then intraoral. And we use those in the consultation room to, to begin the discussion. Uh, I also have uh, models that they can hold of different uh, potential treatments, starting with dentures, going to snap-on dentures, and then going up to fixed uh, full arch cases. You know. For the type of practice that I'm running right now. I also have a model that they only need a single implant or maybe an implant bridge or something like that. I have another model that kind of shows what those uh, procedures are like and what those treatments are like. And then I, I try and simplify it as much as possible. I don't give them a printout of all the different steps to get to each procedure. I give them options based on, and I simplify it. So like say for example, somebody needs a full arch, full arch option. So option one would be, we're going to uh, extract your teeth and, and do a, a complete upper and lower dentures. Option two might be, we do an upper denture and a lower with a little with some snap-ons. Option three might be upper and lower snap-on dentures. Option four might be uh, upper and lower full arch with uh, hybrid restorations. And option five might be upper and lower full arch with zirconia restorations. So I have my top of the line, then I, you know, we go down the list. I always look at uh, what the best, uh, what the ideal uh, final result will be. And I try and steer the patient into that ideal final result. Some people will go to it right away. Some people need to baby step it. They, mean, they need to go into dentures for a while until they get their finances in order or, you know, tap into their retirement account or whatever. But in the meantime, we're getting them out of pain. We're getting the infection taken care of. We're putting the graft material in and they're healing. And so by the time they get their finances in order, everything's healed. Now we can pop the implants in and we can do stuff, you know, uh, in a little bit better working environment. So I'm always thinking of how do I solve this problem in the best possible way for the client and at the same time give them options to where they could always upgrade to the highest procedure at the, you know, at a time when they wanted to. So, uh, but utilizing models and things like that. And then as far as presenting treatment plan, we have, um, we have a preformed uh, sheet on a Word document that basically has all the options available and I just plug in what they, you know, the numbers that, that they need and what I think they need at that point in time. Yeah. Um, how, do you ever, um, like if, if you see someone come in and, and you're going over the options with them and maybe you see a similarity in that person from another good case that you had done before, maybe it's, you know, the, the same age type of person, you know, yeah. or whatever the case is, do you ever um, use examples or, or even just discuss about, hey, you know, we had a patient, you know, she was very much like you, had this situation, here she is today. Do you, do you ever do that kind of thing? And if so, um, has that been effective for you? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, we've been taking photographs for years and my assistants uh, often wondered why I wanted to take photographs of everything and then every kind of step along the way. 
And, you know, so we have, uh, in, in my offices, we have multiple cameras um, to be able to take photographs at any given point in time. Whether we're doing implant dentistry or whether we're doing Invisalign or something like that, we're taking pictures of the, of the different stages. We're doing aesthetic dentistry, taking before and afters. We use a lot of it to communicate with the labs. And, and then that creates us a nice archive of clients like what you're saying. Uh, we have uh, this person that came in that was just like you. Here's a perfect example of, you know, what we did before and here's what they look like after. And that definitely uh, helps because what it does is it, it, it lets the patient know that you've done this before. It's not your first rodeo. And so there's a comfort, zone, comfort, uh, uh, comf comfort factor in patient's mind. That being said, if you don't have those, the patients don't know whether they're your clients or not. So, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you this and hopefully somebody will listen to it. Take some photos that may not necessarily be cases that you've done, but they're cases that you want to do and create a folder and then show them, show them those cases. Just don't say that they're not your cases. Just say, here's, here's some similar examples to what you have and, and the successes that, that were achieved. Um, you know, as long as you don't say it's your case, you're not really lying to the person. So that's, that's it. But that's at the same life. time, you need to, you need to sometimes have, sometimes you need to have uh, visuals for people to understand what the, you know, what the results would look like. So I'm not yeah. telling you to lie. Uh, and I'm, um, but I am telling you that there, you, there is a way that you can still do that. Uh, utilizing a lot of uh, photographs and information that's already out there. Yeah, that's an action item for everybody. And, and is that what you recommend typically is having kind of a, a physical uh, folder that uh, you can show people or some people, you know, like uh, PowerPoint, what, what's kind of your go-to? Because I think people need to make, you know, a version of whatever they're comfortable with. But what yeah. do you like? If you don't, if you, I mean, for me, the models are good because people can hold something. People like to hold something and they want to see what it's like. And then plus if they hold adventure, and they see how flimsy it is and that it's, you know, it's basically, you know, uh, something that flops around in their mouth. And then they see something that's actually screwed in and they can't take it out. Like, you know, I tell them, take it off the model, see if you can take it off. And they can. I'm like, so this is what's going to happen. It's going to be screwed in there. You're going to be able to bite into an apple or do whatever. You're not going to, it's not going to come out. Whereas if this is in there, even if you have glue in it, it's not crazy glue. It's not going to be crazy glue to your mouth. It's just going to be adhesive. If you bite on something, it's going to, you know, move around. So they get that visual and they can understand it and they can see it. Uh, and at the same time, it allows them to make a choice that's right for them in the financial uh, comfort zone that's right for them at that given point in time in their life. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not trying to force people into any type of treatment, but I want to give them the options and let them understand, you know, what it is that they're, the decision that they're making. Yeah. What's the, 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 as you're showing them those physical models and, and letting them kind of see the differences, uh, what's the discovery phase like for you when you're, you're asking them questions, you know, about, you know, are you asking them, you know, uh, what brought you in today or what's, you know, what's your, the current situation you're dealing with? Because obviously, as you, you know, you know, um, those are really where you start to really start to unpeel the, the onion, so to speak, and get to the core of the issue. And while many times it may be a physical thing, deep down, it's something more emotional, probably that's triggering them to, to make this move. And sometimes they may just be in pain. But what's that discovery phase like for you, Dr. Moon, kind of like the beginning of the consultation when you start speaking with the patient? So most of that discovery phase comes from my team. 
So I, you know, and that's, you know, that's why you were asking earlier, what's the value of the team? My team will do a new patient interview. They're going to ask a lot of the questions that you, you know, what brought you in here? What, do, what can we do for you? Um, have you looked at anything online before? Have you spoken to anybody about this uh, issue before? Uh, what was that like? And so then, you know, that, that would be my administrative team doing like a new patient interview with a, a new client. And then they get the team, the uh, patient would get handed off to one of my assisting team who will do a similar interview or take those interview questions and try and get more detail out of the client before I'm ever brought into the, the picture. Okay. And my, my philosophy is it's kind of like Baywatch. I want all of, I want them to see all the beautiful people in my office before the ugly guy comes at the end who is me, who's going to have the, the conversation. And so, you know, my staff will come in and then they'll give me a report. And, and that's the way I want it to be. I want, I want them to come in and say, uh, I have uh, Tanya in the chair. She's been missing teeth on her upper for a number of years. She's unhappy with her smile. She's uh, talked to another dentist about possibly doing a partial dentures, which she doesn't really want something removable. She's interested in implants. She saw her ad here uh, and she's seen a lot about you online and she's interested in finding out what her options are. And so then I could go in and I will make believe that I don't know anything. And I'll say, Tanya, uh, hi, I'm Dr. Maroon. Thank you for coming to our office. Uh, my assistant here, uh, Tracy, has given me an update on, you know, what your concerns are. But I want to hear from you as well. Like, so tell me why you're here. What can I do for you? And so I'll just, I'll have them repeat the message just to make sure that it's similar to what I was told. And then we'll have a conversation. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you from, you know, you're from Connecticut. Where are you from originally? You know, what, what do you do for work? Do you work? You know, and I just try and get to know them a little before I'm like, open up and let me see what's going on, you know? So it's building but, some rapport. Yeah, building a, a little bit of a relationship. Yeah. And so, um, and that was something that I learned a long time ago. You have to kind of, you know, before you dive in, you really want to get to know the people. And I want to know what their IQ is a little bit. I want to know what their personality is like. I want to know if, uh, if this is really a client that I want to work with, you know, because some people at that point, you can kind of get a lot, you, you can learn a lot about people, about whether it's somebody you even want to waste your time with, you know, and um, sometimes we make that decision. And, and most of the time though, we're going to work with people. Yeah, that's good. Um, kind of the final phase of the consultation here is, when you discuss uh, the the investment of, of implants and, and the different options uh, that the, the patient has, uh, what's what's that like? I know you said you had like kind of a, like a one sheet. Do you, do you talk um, you know price and investment with them, or do you handle let your finance you know, coordinator handle that? What what's that structure uh, look like, and, and what's kind of your recommendation based on what you've seen work for for you? So that, I mean, that's a good question. And I want to go back to, we were talking just initially about, you know, having somebody uh, in the treatment room where I go in and have a conversation with them. I never talk price and never present treatment in a treatment room. We always bring them to a consultation area that we have in our office. Now, if you don't have a consultation area in your office and you have to have that discussion in the treatment room, my suggestion would be to try and uh, make it as comfortable as possible, sit the patient up, maybe you sit in front of the patient and kind of lower yourself to their level so that you're not like standing over them Type of thing. But if we go back into a consultation room in my office, typically I have whoever my admin team member is who's going to be presenting the fees. And I'll also have uh, the assistant who was working with them. And so we'll go through what, their, what the, the patient's issue was. We'll talk about the different options. 
and everybody will be in the room. And I tell them that I want everybody in the room so that we're all on the same page. The same holds true for the patient. If there's somebody that they need to help them make the decision, we try and get that person there that same day as well so that everybody's looking at this information at the same time. We're having the conversation. Uh, if there are questions that, that they would like addressed, we try and answer them right there, then and there so that they're not going home and, you know, like a person isn't going home and trying to tell somebody else what they need. And then somebody else is like, oh, that's ridiculous. Look at the price. It's crazy. So if, you, if they can see um, if they can see what the issue is and, and they understand it the way that we're explaining it to them, uh, the majority of time they're going to pick one of the options on the sheet. And so as far as presenting pricing, I tell people, look, you know, you have options here that are going to be, you know, it's, it's not going to be inexpensive. I mean, if, you're, if I'm taking doing a full mouth extraction and making a denture or something, it's going to be over $10,000 between bone grafting extractions and making the dentures, right? So the minimum treatment is going to be somewhere around 10,000. And then if they uh, accept a full arch, uh, upper and lower full arch case, it's going to be the price of a mid-sized car, basically. And I, I say to them, you know, if you're going to buy a Toyota Camry or a Nissan Maxima, you're not going to be able to buy it in cash. Uh, most people aren't able to buy it in cash at, at that time and they end up financing it. And, you know, people will finance a car over five, six, seven years. It's the same thing for your teeth. We have options, uh, financial options available. That's why, you know, Jen is here. She'll be able to explain that to you. And I have, you know, my assistant here who, when you're, when you're ready to get started, uh, we're all on the same page and we're going to make this as comfortable as possible for you. So I, I will talk in generalities about the pricing, but for the detail, I let my front office people deal with it because they're the ones who will have that. They're better at that, uh, the financial discussion than I am. And that could turn into a longer conversation that would tie me up and, you know, make me less productive. So if the, but the other thing too is a lot of times what will happen is they'll start the conversation and then somebody will come and say, well, can they do the top in a full arch and the lower in a denture or, the, or vice versa? Like they can do whatever they want. This is all a la carte. They could, you know, they could do dentures on both. They could do a, a fix on the upper and denture on the bottom or vice versa, whatever they want. And I give them the fees so, and I tell them, you can a la carte this. And so all the fee structures are, are there and it'll say, you know, what, what it would be for a double arch or what it would be for a single arch. And that way they have those options available. And, you know, we do what the patient wants most of the time. Nice. Um, and, and as far as the, 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 the financing options go, uh, you know, do you have one kind of go-to uh, resource for financing? Um, that, do you recommend using multiple different to kind of see, you know, all the different options for the patient and what's the feedback been like on that with what you guys do? So we, uh, is it okay for me to mention companies here or is that, yeah. do you, are you okay? Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll, okay. maybe they'll uh, uh, afterwards want to sponsor this. So, okay. So for, for lower pricing, uh, we, I think they tend to, they tend to utilize care credit or something like that because up until a certain amount care credit is the easiest to apply for. Um, when we get above, I want to say maybe 15,000, somewhere around there, our go-to so, uh, for the last year and a half has been Green Sky Financial. And they've done a great job. And the reason that we like them is uh, they tend to approve people who are about 675 or higher on the credit score uh, spectrum. And then uh, the amount of money that they charge to the dentist, to my practice, is usually under 4%, regardless of the amount of, of the loan period. So that's been pretty good for us from a financial standpoint as far as not losing a lot of, uh, 
money on the financing part. That being said, we do have other financing companies. We have Lending Club, we have Proceed, we have uh, Wells Fargo, uh, uh, Spring, uh, not Springstone, they used to be Springstone, another Lending Club, whatever. I mean, we got just a thousand of them, you know, uh, pick, the, pick the one that works for you and, and then go with that. But for us, we found that Green Sky has really done a great job. We financed over a million dollars with Green Sky in the last year. So that tells you that, you know, they're doing the job for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then kind of just finally wrapping some things up here. Um, it, it all comes back to, obviously, you know, building that culture in the office, building that team, which you guys have done a really great job with. But what would be just kind of a, a final you know, piece of advice that you would leave for, for the dentist out there who's listening to this right now and they're saying, you know, that that's what I want to do. Like, that's my goal. That's, that's where I want to be. What's kind of the, the advice that, that you would give um, as kind of the, the veteran who's built this practice uh, to that individual? I, my, my number one suggestion would be the fears that are holding you back are all your own and not necessarily uh, anything other than that. Uh, you know, we are the, we're the biggest people who limit ourselves as far as what our capacity to earn is and what our capacity to grow is. And, you know, I haven't been hot on making the, the change to more implants uh, for a number of years. And I keep kicking myself. I'm like, I should have done this a lot sooner. I should have done this a lot sooner. Um, but once I made the decision, I found, we found ways to keep the practice numbers go, growing. I hired an associate who's now doing uh, the majority of the restorative work. We're, you know, we're feeding her a lot of the aesthetic work that we used to do. And I'm more focused on implants and surgery and things like that. And it's kind of amazing how um, the evolution of all of that happened very quickly once we had the mindset to go in that direction. And I think that other people will find that happens as well in their communities. Now, it, it doesn't just happen magically. You have to advertise, which is one of the reasons why you and I have met. And so you have to utilize people like you to get the word out there. But then also uh, you can do things in your own practice to get the word out as well. And I think photographs, uh, being active on uh, social media, sharing successes as well, having uh, little ambassadors in the community, so to speak, like people on your team that can be an ambassador for you, uh, having some of their family members and also some of your clients who you've done excellent work on, those all, people all become ambassadors for, other, for others who are looking for this type of work. So I, it's, not, it's not like one thing, Shane, it's kind of like a, a accumulation of a lot of different things. And um, I think everybody who is considering doing implants and moving their practice in that direction has had success in another portion of their practice, whether it's ortho, aligner care, uh, you know, uh, root canal treatment or aesthetic dentistry. They've already done it. The, the formula is already there. It just, this is just a different, you know, a different procedure. And that's, that's how you have to think about it. Yeah. And, and just to, Piggyback off what he said, document, document, document like that, that will really come in so, so handy when yeah. you pictures, have pictures, assets pictures. that you can use, you have collateral that you can show off because if you're doing all this great work, or even if it, if it wasn't implant care, it was just a customer service that, you know, you delivered to a patient and they would be willing to, to speak on that. It's like, get that because you can use that in different areas of the practice, whether it's implant marketing or just general, uh, you know, marketing to show people the culture and, and what to expect there. And that's probably the number one thing that I, I see, you know, is the biggest opportunity for most dental practices out there is, is you got to start documenting. I mean, it's, it's 2020 
and you know people like to to hear from other people because you have so many options now and uh i think that's really important what you said is is you know be Take too many photos. It's yes. there's no such thing, right? I remember the days when when we didn't have digital photos, and like my kids would get hold of the camera and they take all these photos, and then you go to uh, Walmart or or you know Walgreens, you get the photos developed, and you're like, what the hell is this a picture of? <laughs> well, now I mean they could take as many photos as they want, and that's what I tell my my staff. They're taking a photo, and they're like, they'll hold it to me, and they're like, is this good? I'm like, why are you showing me? Just take another one. I mean, take seven of them. I don't care. I mean, we have a card with. 64 gigs of information on it. One of them's going to be right if you're taking seven of them. I mean, just keep taking them. You know, it's it's not like we're developing the film. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't you don't have to be stingy with the digital photos. That's for yeah. sure. There's enough storage out there. Take take 20 photos and, and you'll be fine on that front. So no, absolutely, that's a good takeaway. So you know, building the team, having these systems uh, in place. You know, and there's a lot of great nuggets that you're going to be able to take from this interview and start applying in your practice right away, whether you're building an implant, uh, you know, focus practice or in another area of your practice, whether maybe it's ortho, whatever the case is. Uh, I think this applies uh, across the board. So Dr. Maroon, I, I want to thank you for hopping on here and uh, you know, in during a, a quarantined time, a self isolated time that we're in, I appreciate your time doing this and uh, looking forward to when we get to get back to some, some normalcy and, and get you back in the office. Me too. All right. So a lot of information packed into that interview about building your team, about the consultation process itself, about the different financing options that uh, Dr. Maroon is providing for his patients. So definitely stuff that you guys will be able to take and, and learn from this uh, right away. So with, without further ado, um, you know, I think it's, it's time to kind of wrap this thing up for the day. And uh, as always, please subscribe to the Nothing But The Tooth uh, podcast. We would greatly, greatly appreciate if you could do that. And of course, if you have any online marketing needs, you can always head to our website, crimsonmediagroup.com, uh, where we'd be happy to help you with your practices online marketing and help you get new patients in the door. So everybody stay safe out there. Stay healthy. We're going to get through this together, and we'll have another episode coming out for you here relatively soon on the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. Thanks, everybody.